Welcome to Connected Parenting. I'm your host, Carly, of the Owl's Nest, and we're going to be talking about topics that are near and dear to your heart that come up on a daily basis in our community that'll help you reconnect with your kids, reevaluate your techniques, and tweak some of the things that you're doing to help you feel more connected to yourself and your family. Hello and welcome back. It's been a while since that I've recorded anything because life and school have been so incredibly busy, mostly school. Um, If you don't know, we had a flood with our UV system, which damaged the entire inside. And we've been out of the inside space and exclusively outdoors, uh, which in many ways has been fantastic, but nonetheless... Being the person in charge um, has been, it's been busy getting everything organized, um, but that was for about, I think this is our eighth week now, I've lost track, and so the sun is shining today, and I woke up in a great mood, and I feel refreshed, and I'm sure a lot of you are feeling the same way with the sunshine and the change of seasons. I know rain's coming, rain's great as well, but there's just that little extra you know, pep in our steps as spring comes forward. So I was inspired to um, share a little story about things that had happened at the school recently. And uh, I just feel really inspired to share this story. So I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. Um, One of our teachers, Jen, was making some different plans with the kids. So Jen, if you don't know, um, teaches grade two to six right now, and she is the owl and wolf teacher, and her job is also an outreach coordinator, so an outreach coordinator does many, many things, but one of those things is trying to help us find subsidies and bursaries and funding to do different projects with the, the students as a private school. Everything that we do is parent-funded, or we have to find our own sources, and she helps us do that. So one of the projects that she's looking at um, is applying for a scholarship or bursary um, or grant of some sort that has to do with gardening and coming up with a garden plan. So a part of that was that she decided she was going to get her group to come up with some garden plans that she can submit and then use those plans to implement. And... um, you know, work with the kids and do math and science and literacy and all those amazing cross-curricular activities with the plans that they have in place. So she came to me at the end of the day um, about two weeks ago and just said, "Uh, can I share something with you? She was really excited. So I was like, yes, please do. And she's like, they could not put down their materials, they were so excited about doing these garden plants. And I was like, oh, amazing. Let me see. And she shows me and they are so beautifully done. They're colorful. They're detailed. You could tell they took their time. You can see the thoughtfulness that went into them, making sure that there were all sorts of different elements and pollinators and uh, pollinating plants and there was just a rich thought process that had happened in there. And they were just incredible like I really said to her it looks as if like an adult did them 
honestly. And it was just very well done. They did a great job. And she's like, yeah, I was so impressed with them. They were so thoughtful. They were so excited. They were so engaged to make these garden plans. And, you know, like grade two to six, you're thinking, oh, well, you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be so excited about making garden plans. But they were just so into it. And they're very excited like that's so fantastic I'm so happy to hear these are beautiful I'm confident that whatever you're submitting will will, will help support that right like with the passion that's going into it it's beautiful and you know, that's one layer to the story and that's not the whole story and then she goes and I actually got them a, you know on a separate occasion to make playground um, plans and I'm like oh well you know they're kids playgrounds if their plans were this intricate, detailed, well-planned, well-executed for a garden, which typically kids would not be as excited to do. I can imagine what these playground plans are going to look like. And she goes, that's what I thought. And I'm like, what do you mean that's what you thought? She's like, <laughs> you know, she didn't say these words. She didn't say they were terrible, but she's like, it was actually the opposite and I was like what do you mean they're kids like you would totally think that they're so into building a playground and they they would have come up with something fantastic she's like no they were so unmotivated they had so many so much trouble thinking about what they could possibly put in a playground what even goes in a playground um they were not detailed. Their drawings were very simple. They didn't use a lot of color. Um, they just weren't engaged and were in, not interested. And we thought, sat there for a minute just looking at each other going, wow, that's really interesting. Huh. And then I believe it was another teacher's, you know, piped up that was with us because it kind of drew in a crowd of teachers at the end of the day. It was like, Oh my goodness, yeah, well, they've got over 75 acres of places to play. You know, they've been coming here either their whole life or for a long time, and their version of play is so vastly different. And we're all talking about it, and we're like, wow, yeah, the world is their playground. How incredible is that? that the idea of a playground is so uninteresting to them because they have their entire space in nature, at the creek, in the trees, building things as their playground, that their interest for something man-made and put there and static and structured that stays the same is not as interesting and so we took that time to reflect and be like wow you know everything that we've worked so hard on to really focus on with risky play and loose parts has really come full circle we've really been able to go the distance about um how kids play in their imagination and what they're engaged in and that we're no longer having to create those spaces for them and then they can create them their own 
on their own. You know, um, so I'm not sure if you guys know a lot about loose parts, but loose parts are um, anything that is loose and can be turned into anything, anything that is used for a different purpose. So, um, I'm going to go into a little bit about loose parts and why they're valuable, a little bit into risky play and why that's valuable and how that kind of connects to what we're doing here. So, um, loose part is, is basically a part of open-ended play. So open-ended play, it has no intent, like it has, there's, there might be intentions to it, but it wouldn't be, um, children are more left to their own devices to create and play the pieces that they find or are given aren't assigned an end goal so the benefits of loose part play is one it, ha- it really fosters language language acquisition um, loose parts doesn't always have to be an independent activity whether it's parallel play cooperative play or with an adult or a friend there are so many opportunities for language ab- language uh, development and engagement and you know developing vocabulary another aspect of loose parts is math whether children's counting out the number of pebbles he needs to line the border of his imaginary castle or eyeing the distance across a puddle to figure out the number of bricks he's going to need to lay down to cross without getting his shoes wet Um, there's important math skills that are being developed in loose parts play so it's really great. Um, another aspect is literacy. So there's a lot of creative t- storytelling that happens during loose parts play. It's a huge part of independent play. Children c- can create their own characters, stories, and adventures when they're engaging in loose parts play. Um, another aspect would be art. Uh, through loose parts play, a children's artistic ability is able to flourish. Process art has no rules. It has no limits. So there's so much you can do with loose parts um, and art, it's, um, a really great way to kind of think outside the box of the typical cut and paste, uh, art. And it's something that you can't take with you. So you can just take a picture either with your brain or with an actual camera, and then it gets wiped away and starts over again. So that's a neat way to look at art. Loose parts helps to build emotional skills. So through loose parts play, children are given the freedom and opportunity to engage in fantasy and storytelling of their own making. And usually they're using examples and things from their own life and kind of playing those out and processing emotions and scenarios in their head that help them to better deal with scenarios later on. Um, And then those stories might also involve character traits that the child assigns as personality traits and those characters can also interact with each other and just help the emotional intelligence evolve as well another aspect of loose parts play is how how it can increase concentration and attention span so playing without constraint or interruption allows a child to become immersed in play and thereby developing a productive attention span this um you know, it is clearly evident with their attention spans with, you know, being able to take that time to really plan their gardens in the way that they did in such thoughtful ways. Um, critical thinking is another aspect of loose parts with every step in loose parts play from planning to choosing the materials that they'll need to come up with ways to use their finished product. A child's critical thinking skills are becoming increasingly fine tuned. 
Uh, children can come up with ideas about what might work, why something didn't work, and what they can do differently to make something work in the subsequent attempt. So learning that failure can lead to success and trying again and being able to play around with that idea that not everything's going to work out the first time. So you're building in those executive functioning skills of problem solving as well. They're figuring out how to overcome obstacles on a regular basis. And then tying that into uh, loose parts also helps with the healthy risk taking. So we talk about risky play. Loose parts help um, foster that risky play as well. Taking risks, whether it be um, in play or, you know, climbing a tree or, you know, engaging with someone that you might not normally engage with, all help push us outside of our comfort zone and help us to grow. Taking risks has shown itself to be a healthy part of development. Loose parts play lends itself to children gaining the benefits of taking healthy risks. Children explore natural spaces around them to look for loose parts to build with. Stacking and climbing also comes with a low to moderate level of risk as children will stack items and then test their structure out for sturdiness. Another aspect of loose parts play is the sense of pride that it can bring out in a child from start to finish. Children set their own goals for play and follow through, ending at creation or achievement entirely of their own making. You'll often hear our teachers say, wow, you look so proud. How do you feel right now? You know, and we really try to reflect it back on the students so that they're coming from a place um, within themselves that they're really proud and they can see how good that feels to accomplish something. Um, loose parts also helps with fine motor development. It's inevitable when a child engages in loose parts play that they're going to develop their fine motor skills through the manipulation of small items such as pom-poms, wooden blocks, twigs, you know, little pebbles, the small muscle movement of a child's hands is aided, which in turn helps them with their literacy because it'll help build those muscles in their hands so that they can, they can write later in life when that is appropriate for them. And it also helps with gross motor development. If we're going to talk about fine motor, we got to talk about the gross motor. You know, the students, you know, are very much using their big body muscles. They're lifting things that are heavy, which is really great for them. Uh, by harvesting their own materials or stacking large items to climb on, they're using their gross motor activity and it's a major part of loose, pe- blue, loose parts play. I'm so excited. I'm, start- I'm stumbling over my words. Loose parts play also leads to creativity since there's no rules to loose parts play and none of the items have a task or an attribute assigned to them. Children are free to use these items any way they can imagine. This level of creativity is stifled when toys have an intended purpose to play with. Um, In contrast, loose parts play lets the child assign a purpose to the item at his disposal. So that kind of connects a lot to the idea of if we have, say, a playground and everything has a set um, job or role, children will just use it in that role. And they're not typically used to doing that at our school. They are used to creating their own playground we have movable slides and we have tires they can move around and we have planks of wood that they can build with uh, the only thing that we have that's more playgroundish is the climber that we have it's a dome climber um, but kids add on to that or add ropes or they've made swings as well out of some rope and they built their own aspects of a playground there so I'll I'll lead into this a little bit after I go over a few more things that loose parts brings about and why it's so valuable. Um, 
in the fact of what our plans for that space are going to include and what our goals are going to be uh, based on the knowledge and information that I'm sharing with you today and our reflection of the students and their needs and desires as incredibly creative individuals. So going back to the benefits of loose parts play, it creates independent play and independence. Learning how to play independently is um, really, really challenging, but it's far more appealing to children when they don't see constraints to their play when they have that freedom. So loose parts play holds a special kind of appeal. Instead of an adult saying to the child, that's too dangerous or let's find something um, you know, different to play with, a children's allowed to engage in activities and f- that they find satisfying and they're allowed to engage in play that carries low level risks. And, you know, our student teacher today, I was sitting down reflecting with her and she's like, one thing that I really notice is they can play like they have such great imaginations in, in the school and they can just, they could play all day and have, they have so much imagination and they can just be so engaged so quickly. And that was just music to my ears. Um, loose parts play is a really great boredom buster, right? Boredom's a gift. It is so necessary and so important. And to be able to give children boredom in this fast paced, busy world with all the types of uh, distractions and entertainment that's out there with technology, it is absolutely a gift. There's so much (laughs) that can distract our kids. So having time to just play around with materials and loose parts allow creativity and problem solving skills to really allow the child to not be bored anymore they can find something in anything you know uh, kids that go to our school can find something to do at the you know if they're out at a restaurant for breakfast using the sugar packages or the jam packages and being able to build things or to use the crayons and the pencils and the papers to be able to make something they they get bored less often which is really great and honestly it's really inexpensive (laughs) I mean you can really use anything that's in nature and that's a beautiful thing so top on top of all of the um phenomenal ways and benefits um, it's really easy just to throw bring out some beans and throw them in a bin it's easy to grab some sticks and put them in a pile it's easy to go grab the pebbles and sort them by color and do some art you know you don't have to um, go out and invest you know I literally was just walking out with my daughter and I saw a bunch of little tiny pine cones and my instinct is to go back with a bag and pick them all up as loose parts that is and I go put them in the mud kitchen and do different crafts with them and have them available for loose parts. So they mean you can find them anywhere. I am the notorious lady that's at the beach grabbing rocks that I like and grabbing big flat rocks because I love using those for painting water on. So you get the little paint brushes and they're actually like boogie boards or Buddha boards where um, you paint on them and then the water disappears and then you can repaint on them but you can get these really big flat rocks that work really well for that at the beach so that's one of my favorite things to do as well and you can just collect them which is 
just beautiful, right? And it's also an adventure to be able to go collect those things. It's connecting to go for a walk and find things with your child um, or with your students and bring them back so that they also hold that value because they remember going out and the value of going for that walk and collecting those things with you. Definitely, if I go and I collect those pine cones by myself and I bring them back to the school, you know, they might be scattered all over the yard and not taken care of. But if I were to do that, with all of the classes and we did it together guaranteed that they would be taken care of in a different way as well um some yeah some really great examples of loose parts are cardboard boxes and you know pads of paper pine needles pine cones sticks flowers acorns crafting supplies rocks sticks shells grass blades i mean like literally having scissors outside so they can cut their own grass is amazing building blocks nuts and bolts pvc pipe scraps water bike tires there's the list is endless it's really incredible and so bringing that back to what we felt like we needed to do um in that play space that we were thinking about you know getting a playground there um is You know, we need to maybe just get someone to put some posts in the ground and maybe like four corners of that space and then maybe a post that goes across. So I'm picturing like almost like a frame where it's like three posts, one, two, and then one across. And then maybe getting like ninja lines or slack lines or different kinds of uh, materials that can be used in those spaces And the children can actually decide together how they want to do that and how they want to put that up. And they can manipulate that. They can change it regularly. Uh, We can put some swings up because we really value the importance of swings. And that motion is really important to a lot of students. So even hanging some, you know, eye hooks on there that are like nice and big that can be sturdy enough to hold swings so that we can latch swings up there if we need to. And just creating a better organized system to have more loose parts because the value is there making sure that we have the quality of those loose parts getting more tires in you know getting more loose part slides those kind of aspects maybe building putting different size stumps in there and they can hop along them or do whatever they're going to do with because uh, what we intend to do is just foster that creativity and just allow them to do what feels natural to them and make sure that they can kind of problem solve and come up with new ideas and any ideas they might come up with are things we probably wouldn't come up with ourselves. So it's been such an exciting season for us to see, you know, the growth of these students that have been with us for so long and see how vastly it differs from what we might typically see um, in another school that doesn't have such rich uh, creative experiences with loose parts and with their connection to nature and being outdoors all the time. So I'm so excited to share that story with all of you and I really look forward to sharing the progress of what that looks like as we start to implement that where we're just now starting to source uh, someone to put some some um, 
logs in to sort of support and create that structure. We're trying to figure out if we are getting some funding and some grants to help with some of those purchases. Uh, but we're just really excited to see the kids evolve and become these amazing little problem solvers and creative individuals. So thank you for listening to my story. I hope you found that inspiring and I hope that you get outside today Uh, find a bag of pine cones and see what you can do with it. Take care.